Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, September 13th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Ooh, it's Friday the 13th. Are you scared? I've never been very superstitious about the number 13, to be honest. In fact, being something of a contrarian, I've actually worn number 13 from time to time playing hockey, you know, just to challenge the number gods. Of course, I also walk under ladders, and I like black hats, so there's that. At any rate, yesterday was kind of a microcosm of the whole week for gold, up and down whipsawing with the latest headlines. The beginning of the week, we saw a lot of profit taking in the gold market, and we saw a return to risk sentiment overall, and gold dropped below $1,500 on Tuesday. That was a five-week low. Since the trade war seems to be the biggest driver in the market, and the last big news that we got was seen as good, like I said last week, we're going to have a meeting. Well, that set the stage for profit-taking in the precious metals markets. One analyst said there was a big headline premium built into the market right now, and I think that's a pretty accurate term. We're seeing these big swings with every little bit of news that comes out. That was certainly the case yesterday. Gold had a big rally in the morning after the European Central Bank announced a 10 basis point rate cut. That puts the ECB rate at negative 0.5%. The bank also announced a new quantitative easing bond buying program, which is the largest in over three years. The bank will begin purchasing bonds again on November 1st to the tune of about 20 billion euros per month. And gold rallied hard on that news. And then guess what? You'll never guess. There was some trade war news. Uh, Actually, some Newswire reports came out saying that the Trump administration may be seeking a resolution soon with China to end the trade war, including rolling back some of the trade tariffs. Plus, you know, there's going to be a meeting. Well, that stopped the gold rally. And then the rally resumed because some people in the Trump administration denied that they were seeking any kind of quick resolution. So there you go. After it all shook out, we're still above $1,500 as I record this podcast. We were at about $1,507 the last time that I looked. This trade war stuff is just dumb, dumb, dumb. Look, I'm no investment guru, don't claim to be one, but even I can tell you trading on Twitter news probably isn't the best investment strategy. When gold was struggling below $1,500, Lewis James over at Kitco News made a really good point. He said, none of the reasons why gold is having such an excellent year have changed. Trade war, cooling global economy, Brexit, the coming U.S. recession, overextended Wall Street bulls, Fed's pivot to easy money, and a weaker U.S. dollar. Yep, all of those things are still in place. You need to keep that in mind. And as I've been saying, the central bank easing is really the key to all of this. It's really pretty astonishing when you think about it. We're not technically in a recession. We're technically still in an expansion, right? And the ECB just cut rates that are already negative and launched QE. Think about that. The ECB is going to buy bonds, which is going to drive up the price of bonds and push yields down. And there is already $16 trillion in negative yielding debt out there. It's a race to the bottom in currency debasement, and the U.S. is going to follow suit. Peter Schiff has said it over and over again. The Fed is going to zero, and there's going to be more QE. 
Peter's been saying the dollar is already weak, not just compared to other currencies. But if you look at the dollar's decline against gold, that really tells you that we have a weak dollar, not a strong dollar. And like I said, we're seeing a race to the bottom in terms of currency values. Now, Trump certainly wants the dollar weaker. You know, he's been badgering Powell and company for months to lower interest rates. He actually doubled down this week and called for rates of zero or less. He even called the Fed boneheads in a Twitter uh, or in a tweet, which you have to admit, that's pretty funny. But in all seriousness, negative rates are, in fact, pretty boneheaded. So why the push to push rates down? Stimulus. The powers that be want everybody to borrow money so that they can keep the bubble economy stimulated. Sure, it's a kick the can down the road kind of strategy, but when your time horizon is the next election, well, just keep kicking, right? It's obviously working. Governments, corporations, and consumers are all propping up this economy with money they don't have. Borrowed money. Let's start with the American consumer. I've been following this for a while, and every single month we set a new record for consumer debt. July was no exception. The Fed released July's debt numbers uh, this week, and it was even bigger debt expansion than expected. Overall, Americans piled on another $23.3 billion of debt. That was the biggest monthly increase since November 2017. Americans put another $10 billion on their credit cards. This continues a trend. Revolving credit has increased at an annual rate of 5.3%. That was as of Q2. Consumers also took out another $13.3 billion in non-revolving debt last month. That's primarily auto loans and student loans. Now, there are two ways you can look at this. The mainstream narrative is that this is good. Consumers are confident. They're spending because they aren't worried. They're charging it because things are great. They've got good jobs. This is good news. The economy is growing. But you can also look at it another way. Consumers don't have any money, so they're making ends meet by borrowing money on their credit card. They're tapped out. They're buying their groceries with Visa. Now, I can't prove either way, but my gut is we're seeing the latter. People are charging it up because they have to, not because they're confident of good times to come. Credit cards are a stopgap for a lot of people. They have no savings. They have no emergency fund. MasterCard is their emergency fund. But let's just say for the sake of argument, the mainstream is right. The credit binge is a sign of a great economy. See, that even sounds dumb when I say it. Debt is a sign of a great economy. But let's just accept that conventional wisdom. In the long run, this still should concern you because credit cards have this pesky thing called a limit. You can only charge so much, right? And another nasty fact is that you have to pay the money back. In essence, you're spending tomorrow's earnings today. So what are you going to do tomorrow? If consumers are driving this economy on borrowed money, what's going to happen when the credit cards get maxed out? And you know, there are already signs of trouble. I reported this the last time I talked about consumer debt. Bankruptcies are increasing. While still well below Great Recession levels, analysts say there is an uptrend in bankruptcies. According to data released last month by the American Bankruptcy Institute, U.S. bankruptcy filings rose by 3% in July 2019 uh, as compared to July 2018. Of course, consumers aren't the only ones with their nose stuck in the debt trough. Corporations are piling on the debt. Last week, companies borrowed $74 billion in the U.S. investment-grade bond market. It was the largest corporate debt increase for any comparable period since they started tracking such things back in 1972. 
According to Bloomberg, there's no sign that this borrowing binge is going to let up. Analysts expect corporations to borrow another $50 billion through the rest of this month. This borrowing activity is also spilling over into junk bonds and leveraged loans. There was a $16 billion increase in the U.S. leveraged loan market last week. Leveraged loans are made to firms that are already deeply in debt, so think subprime loans for corporations. As with any risky loan, they could be difficult either to collect or resell if there's a downturn, so they put both the borrower and the lender at risk. Overall, investment-grade debt outstanding totaled $5.8 trillion as of September 4th. That's more than double the level a decade ago. Now, this isn't just an American phenomenon. Global corporate borrowing also set a record last week of $140 billion. Low bond yields are driving this borrowing spree, just like the central bankers hoped. And yet, the same central bankers are worried about growing levels of corporate debt. Go figure. Last spring, the Fed actually issued a warning saying, quote, Borrowing by businesses is historically high relative to gross domestic product, with the most rapid increase in debt concentrated among the riskiest firms amid signs of deteriorating credit standards. That sounds great, right? According to the Fed, the growth in business debt has outpaced GDP growth for the last decade. Quote, although debt financing costs are low, the elevated level of debt could leave the business sector vulnerable to a downturn in economic activity or a tightening in financial conditions. Note that tightening financial conditions means rising interest rates. This explains exactly why the Federal Reserve abandoned any pretense of interest rate normalization and why, in fact, they're now cutting rates, and why Donald Trump keeps badgering Powell and company for even lower rates, and why the ECB just launched more QE. Economies built on debt don't do well when interest rates rise. They can't rise, and they won't rise, and this is why they have to keep going down. The entire economy is run on monetary cocaine. The pusher has to keep the drug coming. SEC Chairman Jay Clayton actually issued a warning about corporate debt this week. During a speech, he noted that outstanding corporate debt in the U.S. stands at almost $10 trillion. That's nearly 50% of GDP. He said, quote, those are numbers that should attract our attention. GJ, you think? And then, of course, there is the ever-growing government debt. As was announced yesterday, the U.S. federal government posted a budget deficit of $200 billion in August. That keeps Uncle Sam on track to tally a nearly $1 trillion gap in fiscal 2019. That's a hell of a lot of fiscal stimulus. And supposedly, this is the greatest economy in the history of America. Yeah, okay. So, what does it mean for you? How can you position yourself to prosper in a world of debt and devaluing money? A Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist can help you figure that out. Give us a call at 1-888-GOLD-160 today. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com slash news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. I've got a new It's Your Dime interview that came out this week. I talked to Jose Nino, who is actually from Venezuela, and we talk about whether or not that country has real socialism. Great discussion. Link to that on the show notes page. If you're listening on YouTube, feel free to share your thoughts on the week's gold news in the comments section. I hope you have a great day and that there is much Friday the 13th luck for you.
We'll talk to you next time.